Thanks for tuning in to Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. We talk about life, love, and leadership with the Lord Jesus. This podcast is sponsored by Soul Shepherding. We're thankful for our friends who donate to support this nonprofit ministry. Let's have a Soul Talk. Imagine you're coming over to our home. Have a seat and join the conversation. Christy, you are beautiful with God's beauty. Well, thank you. I'm speaking the words of Luke one twenty eight to you, the words of Gabriel, the angel, to Mary. Yes. And I believe that the Lord says that to you. Thank you. You help me believe that that could be how he feels about me. Yeah. And it helps me to say that to you because of what I was sharing at the end of our last podcast, how I had this blessed experience as I was walking out of my office after a day of listening to pastors and other leaders and just journeying with Jesus, caring for them. And out of the blue, I sensed the Lord say to me, I am pleased with you. And it really surprised me. Why did it surprise you? Because I wasn't looking for that. I wasn't expecting it. But I just had this sense of that the Lord and I had together had been partnering to really come alongside some people in need and uh, journey with them and have empathy for them and guide them along through some difficult experiences. And Jesus was saying, I like uh, joining with you, Bill. I like that you're, you're doing this with me. You're doing my work and I like the way you do it. And uh, I enjoy you. So was Jesus just affirming you for serving him and for obeying him and for doing what you did that day? Or was there something more there that you were receiving? I think it was also him saying he he enjoys me. He likes me. So what helped you to receive that as truth, as really God's thought about you? Well, because I know that the scripture teaches that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love Zephaniah 3.17, for instance. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He rejoices over you with singing. And he quiets you with his love. Mm, love that passage. Those are wonderful words. They are. So did uh, Satan try to come and steal that from you? Make you think that that wasn't true or that you just made that up? That was your own? thought or that that was you, just you trying to earn God's favor? Not at the time. At the time, I just enjoyed it and really buoyed my soul and lifted my spirits. And so I wrote it down in this little piece of paper here and put it by my picture of the smiling Jesus where he's just shining with affection over us. And so, yeah, I've been holding on to it and coming back to it. But then a few days later, I had well, wait, I'm going to stop you. So you put the frame of the picture mm-hmm. of Jesus in the paper here. What inspired you to do that? Well, the power of images, you know, and this is a, an image, an artist drawing of the face of Jesus that we've used before and share with people. And we've got even meditation on it on our website on the smiling Jesus and Jesus. We, you know, I wrote this breath prayer that I've spent a lot of time with. Jesus delights in me. I delight in you, my Lord. So you were wanting to help yourself remember that God said this about you? And was there a wanting to remember it at a time when you might be tempted to doubt that it would be true or to forget it? Well, it wasn't so much that I chose to think about this. 
this sense of the Lord speaking, I am pleased with you, came out of the blue. So I hadn't been thinking about that. Mm-hmm. But you're asking me, well, so how did I receive that and trust that that really was the Lord? Well, I've done scripture meditations on this teaching, and so I know that the Bible says that. And so that gave me confidence and security. And then I guess the other thing I would say is that, well, I've, you know, over the course of my years of walking with the Lord, I've, I talk with him and I listen to him and I've, I've learned to recognize the voice of the Lord, meaning when his thoughts come into my mind, there's a, a certain experience of that. It has a certain quality. His voice is gentle and peaceful, but it's authoritative in a calm way, in a, in a matter of fact way, and it speaks the truth. And usually it comes in a way that's a surprise. So when I reflected on it, those sorts of uh, aspects were present in my experience of those thoughts coming into my mind. And so I said, well, I think that really was the Lord. I like the way that you really obeyed the Lord with saying, remember, like so many times in the Old Testament, God says, mm. you know, remember. Mm-hmm. He tells to build an altar to remember what he's done or different things to help us to remember his truth. And so you did that here on your desk mm-hmm. to help you remember. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's nourishing for me. And I just think about, you know, our listeners, how we all need this. We mm-hmm. all need to know that we are delighted in and uh, cherished, right? And I mean, you've said, and it's really impacted me, uh, this was some years ago, that you really need to know that you are seen, heard, and wanted. Yes. And those three descriptors came out of a retreat that you were spending uh, with a friend, and you were doing some reflection and some soul work going through a workbook together. And in, in your processing, that's what came out. Yeah. I've appreciated you remembering that and being intentional to show me that you see here and want me. Thank you. And so when not just me, but when a friend or your mom, your sister or another family member, one of our kids, when they see you, when they really hear and listen to you, when you sense that they want you, how does that affect you? Well, it helps me to trust God's love and delight in me. Definitely. Mm Mm-hmm. So what about, you know, I'm thinking of some women I've been with this week who they don't feel seen and heard and wanted. They're lonely. They're single. Mm -hmm. They've longed to be married now for years. And they look around at others who seem to be seen, heard, and wanted, and they feel maybe ineligible for that. How do they then trust that God delights in them, that they're beautiful with God's beauty? And I mean, I can see it, that they are mm-hmm. beautiful with God's beauty. I've had the opportunity to get to know them and to listen to them. So I certainly can see it, but sometimes they can't. So I wonder when you see that in someone who's sharing with you their loneliness and their sadness, how do you respond to that and how does that affect them? Well, I certainly respond listening and drawing out their experience, mm-hmm. validating you know, their feelings, empathizing with them, the, the pain, the longing the temptation. I usually try to help them identify where I think Satan, the accuser, might be coming at them, mm-hmm. trying to steal their faith and steal away God's love for them. Yeah. So you're not just listening to them with compassion. You're also fighting for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fighting for their dignity. Yeah. Their sense of hope and confidence that they truly are loved and cherished. Mm-hmm. And what I know is that, I mean, I can just see it in your face even now as you're talking about these uh, women that you're thinking about, that your face shines with an interest and a compassion and care Mm -hmm. that communicates, I see you, I hear your struggle, I hear your feeling, your need, 
and I want you. I like being with you. And so I'm sure that that helps them come to a, a greater sense of they are valuable. Yeah. Well, we do need each other to do that for us. Yeah. I mean, how else would we know that God cherishes us if someone doesn't cherish us? Well, we, you know, we might sense it in the warm sunshine and the birds that are singing. And certainly God has lots of ways to communicate. And we've talked about the Bible is so important as revealing God's love for us and his His will for us. But we, we need people too. Yeah. Well, some of us feel like God's only pleased with us if we're earning it, earning mm-hmm. his favor or doing the right thing. Yeah. Sometimes you struggle with that. I have. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about the person who talked with me just this week and she was on a retreat with her spiritual director and she felt criticized. She, I mean, she's really mm-hmm. felt helped by this woman who's mm-hmm. has been a spiritual mother to her, but she was volunteering and serving in different capacities for the retreat community. And she did some things that weren't according to uh, what the uh, leader had asked. And so she felt like these were being pointed out. And then she felt like she wasn't pleasing and she felt discouraged and insecure about that. Well, I'm really glad she was vulnerable with you to share. Yeah. So she was talking with me and, you know, I drew her out about the experiences and what her emotions were. And, you know, she told me about, uh, there's some history here that I knew about. And so I asked about, well, maybe this is reminding you of how you felt with your mom. And so she talked about that and, yeah, it was a lot of, you know, feeling judged and shamed and uh, bad about herself and insecure and that sort of thing. And But the process of her talking with me about that and feeling understood and validated, you know, it, it began to, you know, lift her spirits. And we talked about how she could work this through with her spiritual director, you know, go back to her because she really trusts her and, you know, tell her how she felt and that sort of thing. That's great. And so that's a process there for her uh, reappreciating that she too is beautiful with God's beauty. But it's a, it's a battle there because it's being tested with her interpretation of that corrective feedback because she's very sensitive and was getting inside in, in a way that was hurtful. And if she just sits with that and sort of stews about that and then begins to make assumptions about what her spiritual director you know, was really feeling and meant, that that can go in a very negative direction that you know, we start having these conversations in our head and making up stories about what somebody really means, what they really feel. And then, then it becomes a depressant on her personality and isolating her from connections. So for her to have courage from my empathizing with her, then that helps her to go back to her spiritual director and say, well, you know, I felt like you were impatient with me and I felt like I disappointed you and to then work that through. That's really good. Yeah. So have you had any testing or any temptation to believe that God isn't pleased with you this week? Well, I have. It's really, in fact, just as amazing as the experience I had of hearing the Lord say, I'm pleased with you, but it's the totally opposite end of the continuum. And I heard a, again, this is a thought communicated into my mind, but it was a very different quality of a voice and it was um you save others but you can't save yourself and it had a condemning tone it was sinister mm-hmm. and i immediately recognized well this is what people said about jesus on the cross he mm-hmm. saved others but he can't save himself mm-hmm. 
and it then there began to be a number of thoughts that came to me about how I was feeling that way, that mm-hmm. I was helping uh, a couple of pastors I'm helping with their writing and mm-hmm. uh, writing books. And, you know, I've had a trial with the last book that I sought to write and, and yeah. it didn't get a publisher, at least not an A-list publisher. And so that's on hold right now. And so I've had feelings of discouragement and mm-hmm. failure in that. But yet here I am helping others with their books. And so what I came to realize is, well, this is the voice of the accuser. Mm-hmm. Yes. Attacking me and saying, look, you know, you help others publish books and be successful, but you can't, you're not mm-hmm. a good writer, you know? And then uh, the challenges I've had with, we've shared on Soul Talks with the, the opportunities that we have with our ministry and the, the greater complexity and new things that we're doing and more people that we're helping. And it's, you know, it's more to manage and needing help figuring all that out, how the best way forward with, with our ministry. And that's been a stress on us in terms of our leadership and our decision-making and thinking yes. through the model of our organization that we've kept really small and, and simple so that our donors' investments go you know right to ministry and we don't want to have a, a big organization. And so working that through, and then I've been talking with some consultants for wisdom on this, and, and that's been helpful. But sometimes I've felt really foolish and Mm. silly and like I'm not doing well. And so, I mean, I'm a consultant. I help Mm -hmm. people with their leadership all the time. I've been doing that for decades. And so, and that's really what soul shepherding is, is that we come alongside pastors and leaders really in the background in quiet ways and help them succeed. But then here I'm struggling with feeling like I'm not succeeding Mm. in this aspect of my leadership. Wow. That's quite assault there of temptation Satan's been afflicting and accusing you with. So the good news is that this all happened, you know, very quickly in in seconds. And then I turned my thoughts to this, the radiant face of Jesus shining with love and affirmation and speaking to me, I am pleased with you. And I took it out of the context of my performance as an author or as a leader and, you know, the numbers, so to speak, and put it onto the Lord who I love and adore and worship and the, uh, the one who is the source of all truth and all goodness, my creator, you know, and my relationship with him. And what he's affirming is not as much about what I'm doing as a soul shepherd as it is who I am in the relationship we have. That's really important what you're saying there, honey. I'm, I'm thinking about the children in the Chronicles of Narnia's book. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about how we see in the beginning of those books them living their normal mundane life as a school, you know, schoolgirl, schoolboy. And they're, you know, kind of bored and they're de- dealing with difficulties. And then being reminded that they're, the high king in Narnia. That's right. And the high queen in Narnia. I'm being re- reminded of this high calling they have and of Aslan's delight in them and his favoring them and their important role in his kingdom. Mm-hmm. It changes all that for them. And I'm thinking of a client of mine that, um, you know, sometimes his work in the office of leadership just feels really mundane and really draining and like, Nobody's really appreciating it, and he runs into all kinds of frustrations, mm-hmm. and 
people that accuse him and misunderstand him. And it doesn't feel like he's doing work that's pleasing to God. Mm-hmm. But I really believe God is pleased with him. And sometimes he gets those glimpses mm-hmm. of the higher reality, the spiritual reality, the truth that, yeah, God is pleased with him. I'm thinking of a father with school age children. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we talk with parents all the time talk with a, a couple of them today actually and uh, this one I'm thinking about just really struggling with uh, some challenges with his son and uh, getting his homework done and mm. his son just throws a tissy fit over being told well you know he needs to do his homework before he plays and and other things like that and can be very emotional and reactive and it's frustrating it, it's yeah. exhausting and, yes. and when it's in front of people, you know, it's embarrassing. Yes. And we remember it coming into these mm-hmm. kinds of situations from time to time. And, you know, he, he's not feeling like a very good dad. He's feeling pretty helpless with how to solve this. And, you know, his, his wife, the same way. It's tough being a mom and a dad, little kids, and leading them through the school years and, and all that. And so he, he really needs to know that, no, you are a good dad. Look, you're here talking with me mm-hmm. about your son and how much you love him and how you want to be helpful to him. And you're really trying to understand him and his needs. And you're trying to get some different thinking about how to deal with this situation. And that is so loving. Yeah, he needed that affirmation. And I, I bet he felt God's pleasure in him as you pointed that out. You know, Mary, going back to this opening scripture, she's beautiful with God's beauty. She's the favored one. She's found favor with God. She must have felt at times like, boy, I don't feel favored. And I certainly don't have favor with people here in Nazareth now that I'm pregnant. And mm. you know, she fell out of favor so much mm-hmm. in her, her service to the Lord. And she must have had to do some training to help her really believe and persevere in trusting. Yeah. Mary is such a model of faith for us, faith in God and in Jesus. And uh, one of my favorite Lectio Divina meditations that we have on our website is from this passage, Luke 1, 26 to 38. Let it be to me according to your word. And that was how Mary responded to Gabriel's announcement that you are favored by the Lord so much so that you're going to be the mother of the Messiah. Mm. Her trust is beautiful. Her responsiveness to God saying, I'm pleased with you. I think it enabled her to say, well, then I, you know, I want to, I want to serve you. Jesus, thank you that you love us. You're pleased with us. Your grace abounds to us. Help us, Lord, to continue to trust and believe and receive your favor, your love, your grace deeper into our souls. And thank you for giving us the privilege of being ambassadors of you to fight for others who Satan is trying to steal that truth from them. We do pray, Lord, that you would continue to affirm this for each one of our listeners. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you a pastor or ministry leader who wants to grow in spiritual formation and soul care ministry? We would love to have you join us for upcoming five-day TLC retreat. TLC stands for To Love Christ. Or possibly you and your church would want to sponsor your pastor to join us in this new cohort, which will be starting mid-January 2017. You can learn more and contact us at soulshepherding.org.